Welcome to the Optimal Body Podcast. I'm Doc Jen. And I'm Dr. Dom. And we are doctors of physical therapy, bringing you the body tips and physical therapy pearls of wisdom to help you begin to understand your body, relieve your pains and restrictions, and answer your questions. Along with expert guests, our goal of the Optimal Body Podcast is really to help you discover what optimal means within your own body. Let's dive in. Before we start, we just want to say a huge, huge thank you to everyone who left a review and a rating on our podcast so that you can mm-hmm. win the giveaway of Gen Health on episode 300. But so many incredible reviews and we're just we're very grateful. Yeah, so grateful for everyone who was helping us celebrate episode 300 and the winning review was from Anelia. I really hope I'm saying that right. But the review is my favorite podcast. This is a must listen to podcast. Jen and Dom are very passionate and dedicated professionals. I enjoy learning from them. They provide a ton of helpful, easy to digest information about the body. Every episode is very educational, practical, empowering, and motivational. And that's just... That's everything. That's what we're looking (laughs) for. We just put this out because we want to put out information that's going to help empower you to make the best decisions for your body. Yes. So congratulations on a free year of Gen Health. Yeah. So we will be emailing out to you to get you your free year. And really just as a thank you and to have gratitude for all of you that listen to this podcast, we want to offer a discount for anybody that wants to come into Gen Health. Um, If you use code optimal when you go to the link down in the show notes it's just gen.health backslash free trial and use code optimal you can get five dollars off your first month to get you a little discount to get started you also get a free week anytime you start Mm -hmm. the free trial so go check that out make sure you use code optimal come join our movement community yes and that's only for the month too so code optimal for the monthly rate and i hope that you come and you check it out explore we're always here to help you as well so there's so much more i could say let's just dive into the episode Coming up in this next interview, we're going to be exploring a topic that we haven't really touched on a lot in our podcast, and that is regenerative medicine. We're talking PRP-rich treatments, and we'll talk a little bit into stem cell treatments as well. But Dr. Gregory Lutz is the founder of Regenerative Sports Care Institute, physiatrist in chief emeritus at Hospital for Special Surgery, and professor of clinical rehabilitation medicine at Wheel Medical College of Cornell University. A pioneer in regenerative orthopedic medicine, Dr. Lutz has co-authored more than 60 scientific publications, including the first double-blind randomized controlled study demonstrating the clinical efficacy of intradiscal platelet-rich plasma therapy. He also just released his book, Heal Your Disc, End Your Pain, How Regenerative Medicine Can Save Your Spine, which we make some references to in the podcast. He just is a wealth of knowledge on PRP treatments. It's kind of the new sexy thing, but really can help your body heal some of these disorders like degenerative disc disease and other issues in the body from the root cause. So let's dive in with him. Dr. Greg, thanks so much for coming on to chat with us today. I'm, I'm really excited for this interview because it's something we haven't talked a ton about on our podcast yeah, not at all. overall in these first you know 300 episodes we've had, which is regenerative medicine and a lot of the exciting developments in the not too recent past that have started to come up uh, just to give more people options, you know, and, and really help the body heal itself in a way. So thanks for coming on. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. And thanks for having me. So first of all, what is regenerative medicine? What does that mean? Regenerative medicine is one of the fastest emerging fields of medicine. And really, you know, its focus is to use what the body already has inside it to heal. And it's its own cells and proteins. Uh, the body has an amazing capacity to heal itself. And 
structures such as you know the discs in the spine or tendons or or cartilage in the joints because there's a poor blood supply you know there's a ceiling to the amount of healing structures with a poor blood supply can do and all we're doing is is really harnessing you know patients own cells concentrating them and then putting them where, where they need to go to create that healing response I'm going to take a quick pause from this interview to talk about one of our sponsors and one of our favorite things that Jen and I do for our overall health, and that is to stay hydrated. We use Element, which is an electrolyte mix that will absolutely revolutionize your water intake. It seriously is only sodium, potassium, and magnesium, three electrolytes that almost everyone is deficient in and help with so many different cellular processes in our body. They help with brain fog and fatigue. They can help with sleep. They can help regulate bowel movements. They can help with consistent muscle contractions and muscle cramps. If you haven't tried Element, it is seriously one of the most delicious things to just put in your water and keep you drinking water and staying hydrated all day long. I also love to use them in smoothies. They have a chocolate salt mix that is a great non-sugar sweetener for your smoothies in the morning. I also can use them as a wing seasoning. They have a mango chili flavor that I've used on wings and made incredible chicken wings. So go check out the link down in the show notes. It's just drinkelement.com backslash optimal. You get a free sample pack with every single order. So that sample pack will bring a bunch of the different flavors that you can try and make sure you know which flavor is your favorite because I promise you're going to want to reorder and keep coming back to Element to stay hydrated and stay healthy. All right, let's get back into the rest of the interview. So no, I think that's that's awesome and well explained. What made you interested in taking your medical practice and really um, gearing it towards this regenerative medicine field? It's a great question. And it really didn't come out of my clinical practice. Um, you know, we, we have a farm in New Jersey and we have horses and hmm. the, the vets really introduced me to uh, the field of regenerative medicine with treating our own um, horses. You know, they wow. would come into the barn and they would draw the horse's blood. They would spin it in a centrifuge and they would inject it right into their torn tendons right in, in the uh, stall. Mm. And, a, and a horse that was lame for weeks and months would start running around like a pony within a few weeks. You know, Dr. Daniel Keenan was my vet. And he says, you know, he knew I was practicing in New York at Hospital for Special Surgery. And he said, you should be doing this on your patients. And so, you know, I said, I went to the literature and I, I looked at the science behind you know, PRP injections, which is platelet-rich plasma. And the science was very strong in both the dental and the veterinary medicine fields. And so, um, the very first day I, I got my PRP kit, um, an older gentleman tennis player came in with a uh, really large tear of his Achilles tendon. Mm -hmm. And he, um, he uh, operated a hedge fund that had invested in a PRP company. Hmm. And so he was kind of familiar with the science and he was walking around in a, a cam walker for six months, um, didn't want surgery. He had a heart condition, was a little bit scared to go for surgery. And that's really normally how we would have treated it. Um, but he said, why is nobody doing PRP? And so, I mean, I just got the kit that day when he walks in and I said, I think it's safe. You know, I have no 
problem giving it a try, I don't think would work. And so he was the very first patient I treated, and this is like back 11 years ago. And so we injected his Achilles tendon with PRP, and he came back in six weeks and his pain was gone. Wow. And so I did it again, and then he came back in another six weeks, and I repeated the MRI, and it had completely healed, completely normal. And I've never seen that before. So wow. that was my very first patient. And then, you know, we started injecting all different types of tendon disorders, patellar tendon, rotator cuff, you know, glute med, and everybody was getting better. And so it was not too much a jump to say, well, you know, the same collagen that makes up a tendon makes up the annulus fibrosis. And, you know, there's so many patients with chronic discogenic pain. And so that's when we decided to do it in the spine. But, you know, obviously the spine is riskier. So we, we did it under an IRB at the Hospital for Special Surgery. And it was a you know, really well-designed study, double-blind, randomized control trial. And, and that showed a statistically significant difference in pain and function compared to the control. And then we just started doing it. And after that study was done. And now we've been doing it for over 10 years in the spine. And it's been really, you know, remarkable to see the results. It, so that first patient that you uh, were referring to, that was a complete uh, Achilles rupture? It was like 70% torn. Oh, okay, wow. Well. So there was still like, I don't think a complete tear, you know, would, would work. Yeah. But there's something left, but it was really, it was a very bad tear. And um, he responded beautifully. Like, like his MRI was totally normal. Yeah, that's wow. wild. That's that's yeah. crazy. And especially to, you know, for your first patient to walk in and have such a severe tear and have those kinds of results <laughs> first time doing it. Can you explain a little bit like just in more detail exactly what PRP is and how that really works within the body? Sure. You know, it's it's really simple. Like what I tell patients is that when you cut your skin, the first cells that go to the wound are platelets. And platelets, you know, have multiple functions. The first function is to stop the bleeding. But then they release growth factors, which are proteins, which attract dormant stem cells to come to the wound and, and heal it by laying down collagen. You know, they stimulate the, the local cells to come to the wound and heal. And, and you know, you cut your skin, it, it heals usually beautifully. So the, so the problem with, like, a disc is that it's one of the largest structures in the body that has very little blood supply. So when it tears, it just never heals. It's like an unhealed wound. And so the way we make PRP is we take maybe like 80 teaspoon of blood and we spin it in a centrifuge in, in FDA approved kits. And the spinning in the centrifuge pushes the heavier cells to the bottom, which are the red blood cells. And then on top of the red blood cells, there would be what's called the buffy coat, which is uh, full of platelets and white blood cells. And then on top of that is the plasma, which is the protein portion of the blood. And so you can really create super concentrations of platelets and white blood cells by aspirating out the plasma and just you know taking off that top layer. And so usually if we inject the disc, we're taking like 80 teaspoon of blood and we're concentrating down to two or three. 
So the platelet concentrations are 20 to 25 times baseline. Mm. So it's a very powerful cocktail of healing proteins and cells. Mm. And then more or less the healing in those tissues, whether it be a disc or a tendon, I, I know slightly different, but happens similarly to the skin. Once we introduce all those, all those materials, they just start going to work. Yeah, you're just stimulating the natural healing process. And, and it's not like a quick fix. Like when we give a, a epidural steroid injection, you know, patients feel great quickly, but then it wears off because mm -hmm. you're not really healing structures. You're just reducing inflammation. And when we do a intradiscal PRP, typically the patient would feel worse for a few days during that inflammatory phase, which is the first stage of wound healing. And then they return back to baseline and somewhere between three and six weeks, they start to notice a significant improvement in their symptoms. And usually by two months, three months, you know, the patients are doing very well. And that's when you would actually see some structural healing of these annular tears inside the disc on MRI. And are you pairing patients, especially with, you know, disc injury and, and symptoms and are you pairing that with any kind of exercise protocol, physical therapy, or are they just kind of resting on their own? Like, what is your so, typical so, protocol? So most of, the, most of the patients we treat have been through many months of rehab. So they, I'm a rehab physician, so that's my, yeah. you know, my core, that's my foundation. And so, so when we do the intradiscal PRP, what I've learned is that first few weeks, I just I just have them walk or swim mm. and just just give it time to heal because you can't really rush that process. Mm -hmm. And then usually around four to six weeks, that's when they'll they'll go back and work with a really good spine physical therapist on you know a, a neutral spine core strengthening program to kind of get back that core strength. And they they usually just do it for four weeks and then they you know because they're they're usually well versed in these exercises, so it's like a refresher course. And then they're they're usually good. Mm. So, and correct me if I'm wrong. Do you primarily work now in in spine uh, with these procedures? No, no, we do spine and joint. Okay. So you know, it's all a lot of my research has been in spine. Mm. Okay, and, and that's that first study that you published was dealing with the discs and people who had degenerative disc disease. So, c can you just explain what degenerative disc disease is and why we'll tend to see that start to become more prevalent as people age? You know, like what we were taught and what we're learning now are, are almost two different things. Mm. Really? You no, know, because like I never knew this up until a few years ago that the spine has its own unique microbiome. Like we've we've mm. we've heard a lot about the gut and the microbiome, but we haven't heard a lot about the spine and the microbiome. Mm. But now studies are showing that you know the disc is not a sterile space; it has a, a unique um, bacteria, and there's a lot of theories now that you know disc degeneration is from uh, an overgrowth of certain types of bacteria, mainly. Um, Cutibacterium acnes, which is the same bacteria that causes acne. And, hmm. and the, the theory that's being developed and, and has been really well documented in more recent studies is that, you know, when the disc tears, you, you, your body tries to heal it and you get a little bit of ingrowth of some blood vessels. But then, you know, you might have some circulating bacteria that gets into the tear and then 
that tear never heals. It's like it's like a it's like a low grade infection, mm. and so, and that's why maybe some people who have MRIs of discs that are degenerating that aren't painful, you know, why some discs are painful and why some discs aren't painful. I, I believe it has to do with this overgrowth of bacteria, and that's maybe why this treatment is so effective, because you know the type of PRP that we use. You can make a leukocyte poor, which are the white blood cells, or a leukocyte rich. But we've always used a very high concentration of white blood cells with our platelets because of the fear of infection. And and I I do believe that that's one of the we may be killing two birds with one stone with our treatment. We're creating healing of collagen, but we we may also be targeting an overgrowth of bacteria in the tear that causes it to be so painful and sensitive to pressure. Mm, that's fascinating. Something yeah, I've yeah. never heard about. And is there other ways that we could take preventative measures to kind of looking at this spine microbiome and, and things that it could, you know, just like we, we do certain protocols to kind of heal our gut, you know, are there certain protocols or foods that we should be paying attention to, to help this spine microbiome? You know, it's so interesting. You mentioned that because we, we just hired a um, our clinic in New York, uh, the Regenerative Sports Care Institute, a functional medicine physician, mm. just because, you know, I had one patient, um, a young woman in her 30s, who had no history of trauma, um, really, and her back pain just came out of the blue. And when I imaged her spine, she had two discs that were degenerating. And then there's there's a, a certain um, MRI finding, they're called modic changes. Modic changes are where the, the bone, right where the disc is starting to degenerate, begins to look bright. And there's a strong amount of uh, evidence that suggests that that's actually a low-grade infection from, from C. acnes or some other bacteria. And she had two discs that were degenerating, and both discs um, had modic changes. And the pain was very severe. She had a young two-year-old she couldn't take care of. And, you know, she was told to get a spinal fusion and, and she um, was referred by a patient of mine. And when she came in, you know, I said, you know, we should try the intradiscal leukocyte-rich PRP. And, and sure enough, not only did her pain get better, but the modic changes went away on her MRI completely. Mm. And, but it was interesting. So the two levels I treated on her MRI came back as looking much better. But then she developed another disc, showed the same changes above, like a few months later. And then her neck showed it. Hmm. And, and, and then when, we, when I sent her to um, uh, a functional medicine doctor, her microbiome was all out of whack. And she had um, irritable bowel and all these other things. And so she treated her gut microbiome and now she just emailed me two weeks ago. She's feeling great everywhere. <laughs> so yeah. there's definitely some gut spine connection that we're we're learning about. I, I think that this is amazing, and that you're you're putting you know some of these anecdotal examples, but also you know more modern research and recent research evidence behind this that 
um, you know, some of the things that in the past may have been seen as like, oh yeah, we're not going to change spine health by eating different. Like, <laughs> well, maybe we can, and yeah. maybe we can influence some of these systemic factors that might play into what you're saying, where when we have a injury or an insult to the spine, maybe how we are eating might impact that that ability to heal that or not have kind of this low-grade infection that that just festers. Because I was going to ask a question about how, you know, there's also all these studies that are coming out saying we imaged 100 asymptomatic people and 60 of them had DDD past age 55, you know, and why why are these people asymptomatic but others may not be? And I think this has really kind of exciting implications for our ability to change or reverse ddd in a way that previously may not have been thought yeah no that's that's the main reason i wrote this book was just to kind of get the word out to patients directly so that when they're told you need a spinal fusion you have an option and, mm -hmm. and it's yeah. so much less invasive it's so so much safer and it's so much more effective think think about so, so the spine has a microbiome, like even a normal spine. And so the concept of putting spinal implants into an area of the body <laughs> that already has bacteria, mm -hmm. no wonder so many patients are having pain after fusions. There's a study that showed over 60% of people after a spinal fusion for degenerative disc disease are still on opioids. Mm -hmm. 60%. <laughs> Huge. And you think about the opioid epidemic in this country, this year, over 110,000 people have died mm. for both illicit and prescription opioid use, overdose. Mm. I mean, that's, that's, like so a, that's unbelievable. So I think that, you know, the, the goal is to change the treatment paradigm away from drugs, surgery, narcotics, towards regenerative treatments like leukocyte-rich PRP, which is a root cause treatment. And I think that, you know, in my practice, I've done it now for 10 years and my practice has really changed. And um, so, it, but nobody knows about it. And yeah. that's the purpose of doing these, um, the book and the podcast so people can learn. And, and that's so incredibly important. And do you feel like there's still a limiting factor in terms of insurance companies? Because I, I think that's why yeah. a lot of people, you know, it's easy to go to the doctor, say you need surgery and that's going to be covered. But it, all of a sudden, these regenerative medicine techniques and getting PRP, well, we don't know the research on that yet, and it's not covered. So where are we in terms of, are you seeing that start to change, start to grow? It's a great point. And I think that one of the reasons we opened uh, RSI was because to do these procedures in a hospital setting where the cost is, is double the price of what we could do our private clinic, um, it was just priced it out of the market mm -hmm. because they are they're still uncovered. But what we've done is we've created the Regenerative Sports Care Foundation, which is a 501c3 that is whole focus is on research and helping patients afford these procedures. So that's one thing we've done. The second thing is that we have met with the FDA and we are in the process of submitting and an IDE of for intradiscal PRP using our system. And because the only way you're going to get a, a CPT code to get reimbursement is if you get a claim 
from the FDA that this is an effective and safe treatment mm -hmm. for degenerative yeah. disc disease. So there's many studies that have come, even after our studies, that have shown the benefits of intradiscal PRP, but that's not enough. You have to actually get a claim with the FDA, and then the AMA, you petition the AMA to get a CPT code. So it's a process, but we're just working through it. Like, yeah. you know, we, we're, we've, we've, we started 10 years ago, we've optimized the PRP system and the delivery system to, to improve outcomes. And now we feel like we have, we have good enough outcomes to go to do a trial, mm. you know, so, so, but it's a good point. So most of these procedures now are out of pocket and, you know, we try to bundle, you know, bundle services together to make it more cost effective for patients with the anesthesia fee, the facility mm -hmm. fee, the MRIs. And so, you know, but it's still an expensive procedure out of pocket. So. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of know. I mean, when I did my rotations, I went to uh, school for physical therapy at Mayo Clinic and got to work on uh, do one of my rotations on their sports medicine and uh, PMNR floors, and noticed a lot of people having very good <laughs> react, you know, response to to these types of treatments, um, and they were seen as this relatively new thing, but it, it tended to be all of the you know, people from the executive suite or the yeah. the high level Mayo members that were, you know, flying in from around the country to, to do these types of treatments. And, you know, you do bring up that it's a process and medicine's a process and it's set up in a certain way that, you know, makes it sometimes difficult to get things reimbursed, even if we have, you know, some pretty strong evidence that it, it might be less invasive, it has better outcomes, it has, you know, lower risk of, of side effects or you know, poor response to this, but um, I commend you for going through that process to, you know, start moving that needle and, and making these treatments more available to some people. It'll come. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say on that thought, are there side effects that people should be aware of with PRP? Like, are there things that you are warning people about or, you know? Well, as you know, anytime we, you know, do anything in the spine, you know, our, our first concern is infection. Yeah. Um, and so we have learned that in the intradiscal space, you want to use a leukocyte rich PRP. You don't want to use bone marrow. Stem cells from the bone marrow, they have a much higher infection risk. Mm -hmm. And even a leukocyte poor PRP, um, we don't use. So we really have focused in on a very safe biologic. And in the course of you know the 10 years of doing these procedures i i hate to say this but i've never had an infection with a leukocyte rich prp injection inside the disc so it's it's been extremely safe and you know there's a remote risk for a nerve injury if you're not careful with the needle placement or could you cause a disc to herniate if you press too hard when you inject but that's really rare and i i that's not something my, my major concern is infection. Mm -hmm. So we mitigate it by doing the procedure under sterile conditions. Um, the needle, we use a two needle system. So the needle that touches the skin never goes into the disc. We mm -hmm. use a small amount of contrast with a very low dose of antibiotic. And then we use a leukocyte rich PRP and we don't overfill. We just do it gent gentle injection and using that technique under image guidance has been extremely safe. And I'm talking well over a thousand patients. So, 
And is it mainly just for DDD that these treatments work for? Are there other spine conditions that people could, you know, hope to get help from this kind of treatment? I know another big one that people might be thinking of as herniations or disc herniations. Yeah. Yeah. Like we have very good success, you know, with treating herniations with epidural steroid injections. But, but if, if like the patients that were really like, you know, one or two epidurals, some really good rehab, usually the disc resorbs and people can go back to their things, but maybe at a later date, you do the intradiscal procedure. But if someone has an acute herniation, we don't want to be injecting PRP inside the disc and putting more pressure on that nerve. Mm. So, so we tend, um, but we do have, we've had very, very nice results using um, uh, epidural PRP. And, and that's been really nice to see nerves that are injured heal. Um, some of the stenosis patients we treat get much, much greater duration of effect with um, the PRP versus the steroid epidurals. And then the other condition that we're exploring are the patients with a degenerative spondylolisthesis mm. that are starting to slip. And, and you know, as that disc degenerates further, their stenosis is only going to get worse. And so if you can intervene with a biologic and stop that process, then I think, um, you know, you may save them from major spine reconstructive surgery. So, so we're doing a lot of degenerative spondylos if they have relatively good preservation of disc space height. What, uh, something that I just thought of is, because uh, I know that stem cells is always a hot topic and, and there has been, you know, recent experimentation and procedures in using stem cells kind of in a similar way, injecting them into the area of injury. Um, where does that differ from, you know, PRP? Is that something that you have looked into at all? The, the only infect, the few infections we've had inside the disc have been with uh, bone marrow derived stem cells. Mm. So we've mm -hmm. moved away from it and we don't know why, you know, it, it's, it's another step in, in the harvest. So that maybe there's a, uh, might introduce, you know, some risk for contamination, but, um, where we use, um, bone marrow derived stem cells is really for, um, joint arthritis where it's much more powerful than PRP and, yeah. and really what, what the FDA allows us to do is take your cells on the same day, concentrate them, and then you put them into like to like structure stru structures. So for example, for, for, you know, someone with symptomatic knee arthritis, we do a lot of injections of bone marrow derived stem cells, not just into the joint, but into the subchondral bone underneath the, you know, area of cartilage loss. And that has been working beautifully. Mm. So, so most of our stem cell, uh, bone marrow derived stem cells are done for joints. W with that said, we do use it for the facet joint as well, which are the small knuckle joints in your spine. And so, um, we've had, we've had very nice results with the facets and, and so I think that we've just learned over doing this in thousands of patients for, for the, the past decade, you know, what seems to have the greatest effect with the least risk. Yeah. And are there in general, you know, kind of recommendations that you suggest for people on prevention of developing DDD or some of these cartilage and, and joint breakdowns, like if they cannot afford getting into a PRP and injection at this time, 
Do you have general guidelines that you recommend for people in terms of prevention as we age? Yeah, it's all the normal stuff you want to do to stay healthy. You know, I think you got to sleep. Get an or get an aura ring, <laughs> and uh-huh. oh, yeah. wear it, and get your sleep score up above high eighties. You know, don't smoke, don't drink heavily. You know, avoid gluten, sugar, dairy, and alcohol. Like, do a low inflammatory diet. See a good physical therapist. Get really evaluated as to a personalized exercise program for your weaknesses, and and you know, and I think that you know, keep your weight moderate. You know. Um, all the normal things that you would want to do with sleep, exercise, and nutrition, you know, is, is going to mitigate that. But this is w- money well spent. Yeah. If you're having symptoms and you're not getting better, get evaluated, get screened, because it's so much easier to treat it before it becomes a flat tire. Mm. You know, if you, if you get it where it's just torn with a small herniation, those are the easiest discs to treat. It's once it's bone on bone, then that you know the horse is already out of the barn. There's not much I can do for that. Mm. Yeah, and you know, along with that, I would say to help kind of the fight in getting reimbursement for this. I know that there's always ways that patients can advocate, whether it's to insurance companies, to local representatives, just on the benefits of things like this, and say like, hey, this either really helped me, or this is really helping people, and we need to find a way to get this you know, reimburse for uh, people who might not be able to afford it out of pocket because it's all about that advocacy battle and we're all doing our best to just advocate for the patients here to to provide the best treatments. And, uh, you know, I appreciate you saying it's it's all the normal things that, that you might think of to, you know, how, yeah. how to keep myself healthy, like sleep well, drink a lot of water, eat well, eat well <laughs> um, try, to, try to keep your movement um engaged and something specific for what your body needs and unfortunately that's the very unsexy answer to in general how we keep ourselves healthy but i I do think that talking more and more about options like this like the the platelet rich um plasma injections with high leukocyte concentration it just offers another opportunity and i think that the work that you're doing and especially your your book that you put out which is heal your disc and your pain how regenerative medicine can save your spine. Um, people could find that on Amazon. I'm not sure if there's another place that you'd want people to go uh, to find your book or just learn more about RSI and what you're doing. The book comes out. Um, the release date is is February 7th, mm. and so, and then um, RSI the the website is um, regen r e g e n sportscare.com, and it's in the Upper East Side of New York and it's a beautiful office with, you know, we do everything here. We have our own MRI. And um, so we can control the cost on a lot of things um, because, you know, we, we, we own the center. So yeah. it's nice. And I think, you know, this year we're definitely bundling things together to make it really cost more cost effective for patients. Um, but, you know, it's an investment in your health. And I think yeah. if you've had back pain for more than three months and it's not getting better, then then it's a good option to start exploring and and as you know you know 50 percent of chronic low back pain really originates in the disc that's the primary structure you know and so if we if we can intervene early the chances of you having a healthy spine for the rest of your life is it is really um encouraging yeah 
It's it's amazing. It's great work that you're doing and and opening up the access for people to learn more about, you know, rather than just going and getting drugs and surgery and and getting pushed down, you know, one lane. There's an opportunity for other things and and the body really healing itself and allowing it along that journey. So, we really appreciate your time and your expertise and the the studies and the research that you continue to do. I think it's so incredibly important and Hopefully, we just get to see it grow. Well, thanks so much, you know, um, for having me. I really appreciate you helping me spread the word. And I think, like, there's been a lot of treatments that have come and gone as a, you know, for chronic low back pain. But you know, what's nice about this treatment is that it's it gets to the root cause, and yeah. it's just very simple. Yeah, it's a simple elegant solution to a very complex problem and i think it's going to do a lot of good so i'm really excited to you know spread the word and i really appreciate your time and you know great questions and um look forward to speaking to you again sometime yeah definitely Absolutely. thanks dr greg such a fascinating episode with Dr. Greg. I hope you learned a lot and pass this episode along to anyone who you know suffers with back pain. And if you want to learn more, of course, we're going to have his book linked up below. It just came out recently. So definitely get your hands on that. Understand how we can really start to heal our body from the root cause. That's everything we're all about, right? So, and if you haven't yet, please, please leave a little rating and review on the podcast. It just helps us to get out there so we could be heard by so many more people to learn how to heal your body.